So we all know the old maxim, you can't change your spouse, you can only change yourself. Well, today we're going to discover that that old maxim isn't 100% true. In fact, we're going to see how you can leverage your self-care to feel better about yourself and consequently to improve the well-being of your marriage. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 87, and we're going to be talking about how self-care is integral to the health of our marriages. So if you want to improve your emotional well-being, your mood, your stress levels, and the overall health, then I need you to do three things today. First, listen to this episode. Second, download the bonus worksheet. And third, have a discussion with your spouse about changes you'd like to make starting today in your marriage. So to get that worksheet, which by the way, is a great tool that helps you figure out where you're at right now and where you'd like to get to in all the key areas we'll be discussing in this episode, to get this worksheet, open your browser to oyf.link slash 87 or text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. So message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can find this bonus on our blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 87. So it's interesting that as you look into this, Berlin, and when we were doing the research, there's not many studies that are 100% link between self-care and marriage. Where they study exercise, say some guy bikes three times a week and his marriage is awesome. Or another guy never does any exercise and his marriage isn't awesome. Okay. But we want to kind of look at this overall idea of taking good care of ourselves by eating well, exercising, sleeping, making leisure time. Because these things do become a marital issue. And there is a link here, as we shall see. Okay. So when we fail to take care of ourselves, our mood and our stress levels and emotional responses all suffer. And this, in turn, has a detrimental effect on the people around us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I know, for example, that if I'm in a stressful season of life, I won't sleep well unless I exercise regularly. And if you don't sleep well, I don't sleep well. Right. And if I don't sleep well, I get grumpy. Right. Sometimes. And yeah, very rarely. And uh, is that the right answer? Mm-hmm. If I'm more tired, I'm quieter, more withdrawn, right? And yeah. if you're grumpy and I'm withdrawn, then it feels like there's something wrong with our marriage. And then I think something's wrong. Yeah. And right. then I'm like, what's wrong? Yes. So it's really easy to see that there is a connection from these things back to our marital satisfaction. And that's all just from lack of sleep. Yeah. Wow. Just one thing. Yeah. And so what we do learn from you know, practical life fan from research is that the emotions, hormones, moods, and stress levels of a couple are intimately tied together. Like between the two of them, they're mm-hmm. linked. And this is what mm-hmm. we're going to see as we go through this. And and to look at this, we're looking at a phenomenon in marriage called co-regulation. So, so do you have a big geeky definition for us? I, surprisingly, I do. Oh, It's the dynamic reciprocal interchange between partners across multiple biological systems. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So in plain English, that means that we influence each other's emotions and well-being. That's all it means. Okay. So the idea of, you know, if you think about something regulating something else, it's like a valve regulates the flow of fluids. Yeah. If we co-regulate, we're each kind of regulating each other's well-being. This happens in marriage. Okay. And it's in a very important dynamic that's at play, and it's kind of going on automatically all the time. And it goes in both directions. So spouses can pull each other up or they can pull each other down. So if I'm grumpy from a lack of sleep, you're not enjoying us as much. 
Mm-hmm. Or if you're really stressed about Christmas, I start feeling the stress too. Mm-hmm. This is co-regulation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the good part of this is that it helps us to stay in sync in a marriage. It's useful, right? And yeah. hopefully reach out to each other and lift each other up. So we'll get to some really practical means at the end of today's show about how to help each other out. Okay. But we need to kind of unpack it around our around the emotional part first. So again, this idea of co-regulation, it's the bi-directional, it's going both ways. It's the bi-directional influence we have on each other's moods and physiology. So this particular study looked at how couples affected each other after spending time apart pursuing their own activities. And they found a few interesting things. If the couple scored high on interpersonal insecurity, as in they felt insecure about their relationship, then if one spouse came back and reunited with negative emotions, the other spouse got on board with those negative emotions right away. Mm. Yeah. On the other hand, if the husband was the type of guy who was willing to see his wife's perspective and they came back together with softer negative emotions like sadness or gloominess, then they would also match emotions. So there are kind of some other variables at play here, but the point is that any couple's emotions are interconnected pretty quickly after they reunite after pursuing individual activities. So you don't even have to be there to see, you know, the reason why I got upset, right? but you'll get upset with me because I'm upset. Yeah. So if I come home and you're upset, I'll get upset too. Huh. Yeah. I think you could use this in a bad way too, though. What do you mean? Because like, say I don't like your buddy. Yeah. I could, um, you know, rile myself up about him and get you upset about him and then I don't have to hang out with him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> to some extent. But what we're going to see is that couples also have a pull on each other. So I don't have to go down the road with you. I can mm. I can try to pull you in favor of my buddy, in which case I might just turn out in, into a conflict. Right. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but I'm just saying you could use this. Yeah. You can start your own podcast about manipulating husbands. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. For Linda's sneaky manipulations. <laughs> All right. But your point is still valid though, right? If, if oh, I get home, <laughs> I'm just trying to be patronizing. If I get home and you're angry, I'm likely to get on board. Or if you're sad, I'll join with you in your sadness. Now. Okay. You've all, this has all been emotional, uh, negative. Like if I'm happy, will you join me in my happy? Yes. So we don't always pull each other down. We can, we can pull, pull each, each other up too. Yeah. Okay. And there's, there's other bits at play here though. It's not, it's not simple and direct because it depends on a couple things. Like if the husband is the type of person who's willing to see his wife's perspective, or if he's just very isolated and distant, that would affect whether this co-regulation really works or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these other things do come into play okay. here. So I don't want to overly simplify it and make it sound like we're joined by a rubber band where we just kind of bouncing each other all the time. Right. Yeah. But we are to some degree kind of tied at the hip when it comes to emotions. Couples are. Yep. Okay. What? I don't know. I'm just finding this interesting because I think in our real life situation, yeah, we do get on board with each other like that. But sometimes too, I find that we almost go in opposite directions. Like if I'm really down, you're there to pull me up. Yes. But if you get down, it's almost like that's when I'm doing better and can kind of pull you up yes. too. I don't know how to say this, but. Well, no, you're bang on. And I often see that when I'm helping marriages or other people are telling me about their marriages too. And that yeah. that happens in ours. And what like, I is want. that a good thing? Does that yes. mean we're not regulated enough? No. Or? Okay. This is how couples balance each other out. So I'm trying to go down two roads at the same time here, and they're actually held in tension. One is to say you're kind of tied at the hip. 
Yeah. So you're going to go down the same thing. There's this co-regulation thing. Mm-hmm. But another is that we're what we're getting to is that we can pull each other out of this, which is what oh. you're talking about. Okay. 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 So I'll just wait for you to get there then. That's all right. If you're wondering about it, I'm sure our audience is too. So the next thing is the tie between hormones and moods. Oh dear. Yes. Are you serious? You want to go down this road? Well, I can't imagine that men are. Never mind. But let me just focus on the research here. It's funny what marriage researchers get up to, okay? Okay. So the study I mentioned earlier, they took saliva samples to measure cortisol levels in 30 married couples multiple times a day over three days, which, you know, just in my mind is this picture of like, hey guys, how's your marriage? Spit in the cup here, please. (laughs) It's just like, oh, I don't want to, this is why we read the research instead of doing it. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways, they're measuring stress through the cortisol levels in the saliva. And they found that a couple's cortisol levels moved together. And they also Mm. found that the couple's mood moved together. That was just one hormone. So there you go. But it really makes you think about this verse in the Bible that says, they shall be one flesh. And so there's this link together on this mood. So the one flesh, and I'm just drawing from that the idea that we're producing this hormone called cortisol, and they're measuring it in these people's saliva, and it's moving together with this couple as they go through stress, increased stress and decreased stress. Hmm. Even though they're different bodies. Yeah. Hmm. And so it's almost like the husband could say, you know, I'm stressed out, baby. Like, can you calm down or something (laughs) to lower my stress levels, right? But the same thing was found when another study, they looked specifically at stress levels and compared the genders. And what they found there was that wives had a greater impact on husbands than husbands did on wives. And so it was actually, yeah, it was noted that high stress levels on the wife's part had a pretty significant impact on the well-being of the husband. I was really aware of that. Now, these researchers, Verlinda, they did not see that link as being unbreakable. So for them, it wasn't like this is going to happen regardless. They were saying, no, you can do something about this. And their recommendation was that if you become aware of your spouse becoming or being overly stressed out, then you can choose to kind of take preventive or helpful steps to avoid a decline in your own well-being. And this is where we get back to the pull side of it, right? Okay. So if you think about it, it still does point out there's a connection because part of the implication here is that you can choose to take care of yourself, but as you do so, you may find this also helps your spouse out. And Mm -hmm. this is where we begin to come back to our topic, self-care is marriage care. Because there's this real push and pull that we can have on each other. And if you grasp this in your marriage, it also means that it makes sense to engage in self-care, even for the well-being of your spouse. Wow. Yes. Which is where, you know, we come back to the intro and the old maxim of you can't change your spouse, you can only change yourself. And so... Which is true, but in so changing yourself, you may change your spouse. Yes, you shift the relationship. Hmm. Yeah. So, a very practical thing, unrelated to stress, right? If we're not diehard fitness people. No, we both would like to be. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, we love working out. We could watch it all the time. (laughs) If, but if one of us starts doing it, the other one gets on board pretty quick. Right. You know, yeah. there's a pull there, right? Yeah. And that's where your self-care begins to affect my well-being. Mm. So there is, there is a link. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to this. Go ahead. Like you don't have to sit around and wait for your spouse to. No, like you have it. your life. You can start doing something. See what happens. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantees here. Right. But um, yeah, take care of yourself. And so this is where we want to talk about how this self-care affects your marriage. Okay. So our moods, our stress levels, and our negative emotions, they can impact our spells. We've seen that. Yep. And it makes sense then that taking care of myself is not only important for my personal health, but also for your health. 
and for the health of our marriage. And so I want to look just in the last part of our show here at four areas of self-care. Okay. Okay. The first is what we just mentioned, which is exercise. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be candid with where we're going with the research here so it doesn't look like there's some funny business. So we've established that there's a reasonable link between my well-being and yours as my spouse, Rolanda. Now, we're just looking at research that speaks specifically to individual well-being, not in couples, just in individuals. So as I talk about the benefits of exercise, it's first on myself. But the other things that we've referred to up to this point would show that... Like the previous research. The previous research, that there's a blessing that's brought to you and to our marriage as a result. Okay. Okay? So... I think it's a well-established fact that exercise can have a positive effect on mood, on health, and on well-being. And a study from 2003 that we reference online, if you want to find out our sources, you can always go to our website. But it it showed that people who participated in 20 minutes of an aerobic activity saw a positive effect on their mood and anxiety states. Right. So That's kind of well-known. Yes. And that's an individual effect, but we're saying because of the other research, that's going to have some kind of a pull in your marriage, or it's likely to. Right. Because if you're feeling better and you're less anxious, that's going to affect the mood and anxiety levels of your spouse. Yes, because you'll take them with you. Hmm. And the earlier study that that we were were looking to showed that the positive moods in one spouse co-varies or moves together with positive moves in the other spouse. Mm -hmm. Moods, not moves. (laughs) I like positive moves too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The second thing is for self-care is rest. Do you get enough sleep? And this is something we've been fighting with for the past few months. Mm -hmm. And there can be a lot of things that come into life that make it hard to get enough sleep. But it's very important, which is why... Sleep is. Sleep is why we're working on it, right? Yeah. So a study from 2013 noted that poor sleep was associated with altered stress regulation. So when we don't get enough sleep, we struggle to regulate stress in healthy ways. And results of this sleep quality study found that inadequate sleep led to poor cognitive affective, which is emotional, and physiological, which is physical body responses to stress. So if it's impacting you, it's going to carry over to your spouse. And in this particular case, it's going to reduce your ability to manage your stress well. And remember how we saw that wives' stress levels were linked to a detrimental impact on the husband's well-being? Mm-hmm. Well, we got to watch that. So I need to go to bed earlier. <laughs> and get more rest. So we talked about this quite extensively when I interviewed Sean Stevenson in episode 38 of our podcast. He's yeah. the author of Sleep Smarter. Uh, you can get to, we'll, we'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. But here's a couple of the studies I mentioned on that show where I discussed with him how sleep impacts marriage. So from 2011, there's a journal article in the Psychology and Psychiatry Journal. And that article, the research showed that there's a bi-directional relationship between relationship quality and sleep quality. So they move in the same direction. As sleep quality goes up, relationship quality goes up. They also found that sleep quality affects the functioning of the relationship the next day. I can totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But they also found that conflict during the day leads to worse quality of sleep that night. I can understand that too. Now put the two things together. So then the next day is going to be worse again. Yes. You'll probably have more conflict. So you're in a vicious cycle. Yes. Huh. And what Bible verse does that bring to mind? Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Mm-hmm. Sort your junk out before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have a better sleep and a better day the next day. Right. It breaks the cycle. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Another study from 2013 in the Society of Behavioral Medicine reported that sleep is an aspect of stress regulation. It's one way that we can regulate stress. And when we don't get enough sleep, it affects our ability to regulate our stress, which leads to increasingly disturbed sleep, 
which leads to increasingly negative outcomes. It's just harder to manage life. Do you know what? I totally saw this in our kids and I didn't even have the research. What's that? Like they always say when a baby's sleeping, that's when they process everything they've seen that day and that's when they learn and that's Mm. when they grow. Mm. And it seemed like the more disrupted our kids' sleep was, the worse their nights became. But the more they slept, the more they slept. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of, it's like a self, uh, I don't know. And they were calmer and... Yes. So, I mean, this isn't just adult, like this is everybody. Yeah. So there's this real close link between sleep and stress. And so working towards higher quality sleep is a form of Mm self-care that's a real blessing to your marriage. Mm -hmm. Seems pretty clear, hey? Yeah. Third, healthy eating. And again, this is in in our day and age now, this is obvious enough and well taught enough that what we eat has an impact on our physical health. Yeah. And a study from 2009 linked healthy eating with general life satisfaction. Mm. And they particularly noted that eating more fruit and less fat was positively associated with life satisfaction. So your diet affects how satisfied you are with your life. And, you know, again, that's a study that's just on life satisfaction. It's not marriage satisfaction. I just eat popcorn and I'm well satisfied. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Squirrel. Yeah. But, uh, okay, now I'm derailed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go make some popcorn and start over. <laughs> what? 41. Oh, you're trying to tell me what point we're on. Yes. Thanks. You're, you're like <laughs> doing these hand signals and I'm like, what's going on? She's landing an aircraft. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's get this done so we can get to the popcorn. Mm-hmm. So that study was just on life satisfaction, but I think it's a safe assumption to say that life satisfaction and marriage satisfaction are fairly closely linked together. Mm-hmm. I don't have any science to prove it, but I don't think I need any. And this this brings in moods, emotions, stress levels, all that stuff. So eating well is also a key area for good self-care. Agreed. Oh, then I must be right. Okay. <laughs> Finally, leisure. This is just the idea of taking time for leisure activities, hobbies, travel, relaxing, those kinds of things. They have been found to lead to more positive emotions. And you already know this, but in 2014, a study noted that it was helpful if a person was experiencing high daily stress to allocate more time to leisure than usual. As in, Hmm. if you have extra stress, try to compensate for that with leisure activities that'll increase your positive mood. But that's kind of like the opposite of real life because usually if you're extra stressed, it's because you have less time or something like that. Yeah. So then how do you fit leisure in there too? Well, granted, there are circumstances where it's impossible, but I think if we really are intentional, we can carve out the pockets that we need. Like there are some things in life that we just need to push through. Yeah. And and most of those things are fairly short lengths of time other than very extreme situations, right? Right. Okay. That don't happen too often. So most of the time we can do this, but instead of being proactive about it, we just kind of collapse and don't do anything for ourselves. And I think that's where they're really calling us to think about, okay, you've got more stuff going on. Let's make some more leisure going on. Okay, be proactive here. Yes. Self-care. Thank you. That's even better English than what I had. And so what happens, this reduces the damage of high daily stress. That's what they found. Hmm. And I think what I liked about it is it acknowledged, it just acknowledges that we can't just turn the stress off like it's a switch in our lives. Yeah. And some of our listeners out there and you and I, Verlinda, like we know very well that our stress is what it is. Like there are circumstances that we're in and that's just how it goes. Yeah. And there's, There's not much that we feel we can do about it when we're in times like that. But if we can't take it away, the question is, what can we do in addition? 
in terms of leisure, of exercise, eating well, sleeping better in order to compensate for that stress. Hmm. Yeah. Because you can't just quit your job, even if it's stressful. No. If you're taking care of someone who's disabled, you can't just walk away from that. Yeah. But But it's stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. So the question is, what else can you change to help you compensate and manage better? And of course, as we engage in better, more intentional self-care, that not only is a blessing to ourselves, but it becomes a blessing to our marriage as well. That's neat. Cool, hey? Yeah. So think seriously about your self-care. We've just mentioned four areas here, but there's more. And the question is, what would you like to change today that's going to make your marriage a calmer, more pleasant, healthier, happier place? Mm -hmm. So don't forget to get the worksheet that's uniquely for this episode. Find out where you're at, what you can change in your life to do better. Open your browser to oif.link slash 87 or text the word podcast to 9292 spouse and we'll email you a link to it. Message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse or you can find this bonus on our blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 87. So we want to shout out a huge thank you to those who left us reviews on iTunes this week. So there's one four stars by uh, Pimpit. Pimpit from Canada. They say worth listening to. While this podcast is certainly focused on a Christian perspective, I think it can benefit any couple. I find the research-based ideas help when presenting them to my super logical boyfriend and helps me, the super emotional girlfriend, understand him. I could have written this. They're the only couple in the world like that. (laughs) Thanks for providing a new perspective that isn't too preachy, but still keeping God in the picture. Thanks. That's good. I I can sympathize with the super logical boyfriend, Mrs. Penn. But you only ever had one boyfriend, and that was me. Yes, I can sympathize with the super logical boyfriend. (laughs) That's not fair. All right, let's keep moving here. Mm -hmm. We also have one from the UK. It says, excellent faith-based resource, five stars. Every episode builds up Christian married couples in our quest to live the sacrament of marriage. Regardless of your stage in life, these podcasts can bring greater insight and inspiration. Thank you. Willie C. Global? Yes. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 87. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.